is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 175. My name is Brando, and when I was actually a little Brandon, or a little Brando, but I'm 5'6", so I'm already small, and everyone to you, Brian, is probably small, <laughs> but as, as soon as I could watch TV, Brian Postain has been in my my just in the forefront of like my brain of comedy. And it's uh, such an honor, for honestly, for me to have you here and talk with you today. Very cool. That's amazing. Everything from Mr. Show, uh-huh. Just Shoot Me. I'm, I've been know. around a while. I know. <laughs> yeah, Devil's yeah. Rejects. I'm not going to go over your entire just resume. moved to L.A. to work and 30 years later. <laughs> Where are you originally from? I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up in uh, Sonoma, California, the wine country, and then moved to uh, Sacramento to go to school and then started stand-up in Sacramento and San Francisco. And it's not just because your your stand up is quotable. And again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to fanboy for 25 it's minutes. All right. But it's the. It was not just that you were funny in everything that you did. I God, I sound like such a, a, a right, kiss because it's it's the truth though. Uh, even if it was like minor parts in the wedding singer, whatever. whatever. Uh, but once I got to kind of know you as a person, we. I mean, this is our first time meeting. But I mean, the, the behind the scenes comedy stuff that you do. I'm like, this guy is into metal. This guy is into rock. Uh This is no wonder why I relate to him so much. He was more than just a nerd persona. He was like, because I'm a nerd. Right. Uh, It it was your love of of music. I'm like, I really love this guy. Right on. So how long uh, has this album been in the works, Uh, Grandpa Metal? Uh Scott Ian says it's seven years, but I think it's six. We, uh, I'd have to look back when we actually made the deal with Megaforce, but... uh, uh, yeah, it's it took way longer than it should have, and I've been. It's funny I'm here because I've been calling it the Chinese democracy <laughs> of comedy metal records. Awesome, because Axel took 13 years and 13 million or something like that. Close and enough. I, we took six years and 400 bucks. I love that because you would always <laughs> to make, make this record. You would make references like that, rock references in your stand-up, and I'm like, I fucking love this guy. It's so good. Yeah, that came from. Um, like in alternative comedy, what my takeaway from alternative comedy was to kind of be yourself. Like when I first moved to LA, I was doing more mainstream because I had grown up, you know, watching comedy with from the improv with brick walls behind you mm-hmm. and all that. And then my friends, the people I made friends with, like David Cross and Janine Garofalo, were going up with like their notebook on stage and being kind of unprofessional. But they, but one of the things I took away from was that they were kind of talking about their lives more than most stand-ups did and so that was my main thing so then i just started like putting things that i really cared about referencing horror films referencing yeah. music and all the things in comic books and all the things in star wars and <laughs> actually spending 15 20 minutes of material talking about how much i hated or loved or whatever my relationship was with star wars at that moment you know <laughs> there's a couple things uh one i i guess maybe i was afraid to say it because i'll just say it i told it to cm punk on this show because he's also a big nerd never know if you met him i i have i tried to get him in deadpool and he uh wwe dropped the ball i i was working for marvel writing deadpool yeah and i reached out and said hey can we use WWE and can we use CM Punk? I wanted to have him wrestling Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> awesome. And, and during our Dead Presidents run that we did, and uh, 
no one got back to me. Ugh. And then he found out about it later because I just made it a generic MMA guy and, um. and had them draw, you know. But it, I wanted it to be WWE, and, and he was so bummed that he didn't get to be in a Deadpool comic. And then he wound up doing other Marvel stuff. But yeah, I've met him in Chicago. Okay, I bring that up, and I'll, I, I'm again, I'm afraid to bring it up, but I've never seen Star Wars. I've no. seen I've seen Spaceballs a hundred times. I it's just it, it's like what are, <laughs> that's like growing up on Weird Al and not knowing the originals. <laughs> I know Spaceballs. That's like a joke of mine <laughs> where I talk about having my kid here, Weird Al, having him here uh, eat it, but never playing beat it for him. So when he's at a party in his twenties and he's like, "What the fuck is this? This is Michael Jackson guy is ripping off Weird Al." So and, do you think, yeah, yeah, the opposite? And, like, I, and I want to bring that up because that relates to your your album. But I don't know. Growing up, I was into Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles uh-huh. and, and 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 music. So I guess all of this is just my way of asking what got you first. Maybe you've answered this before. What was, what got you into metal? What, what really sparked your love? Was it your parents? Was it friends? Was it going to a show one night? Like what really Uh, ignited that? I had a couple people, older influences that, that helped me find hard rock first. And then metal, I kind of found on my own. Okay. Uh, But my first, like, Influences were uh, my uh, older cousin who pushed uh, Zeppelin on me. Uh, we were it was Christmas, and my mom had gone to uh, the record store in the mall and said, "Hey, what are the kids listening to?" <laughs> and she brought me a Sean Cassidy record, and my cousin was like, "Dude, <laughs> like, do not listen." He was two years older than me. He got physical graffiti okay. for Christmas, so he's like, "Here, listen to this." And I had already dabbled with Kiss around then. And then, but well, hearing Led Zeppelin, that just secured it. I was like, I, I can only listen to heavy music. <laughs> and then uh, I had a babysitter who played Van Halen one and two for me. She brought over, she was working one day nice. and she brought over some vinyl and she brought over some Journey records and some Van Halen records and then like schooled me. She was like, showed me their names, you know, showed me the vinyl, you know, on the, on the back of the record going, this is David Lee Roth. He's a singer. You know, she had a crush on him or whatever, <laughs> and her name was Jamie, and there's Jamie's crying, so she was, like, you know, pushing that, like, here, and then played the whole record for me, and then played the uh, Van Halen 2, and I heard Beautiful Girls and all that, and I was just, like, loved it, loved it, and then went deeper, and then I was, like, nerdy about it. Like, everything I've liked in my whole life, I've gotten nerdy about, and I've always said, like, nerdiness, we don't like things passively like more, most people like people go I like this but nerds <laughs> go I love this you know and I get obsessed and that's what I did I just deep dove and I I had my mom every possible mall record store I knew where every record store was within a, you know 50 miles of me and we would hit all those places and I you know seek these things out and went heavier and heavier and then made friends in high school that were also into metal and then we would go record store shopping together and we'd go down to San Francisco and go to these other places. And So since it started so young for you and you, that your love of music, but you went the comedy around stand-up comedy, you went up acting, uh, went with acting, where did you go out of your way to meet certain rock stars or go to shows? Because, and I, the reason I bring that up is because on the new album, it's like, it's an all-star cast. It's, it's not just a comedy album. It's a metal album with amazing musicians on there. I've had a weird life. Uh, I I fell into a lot of things. Uh, I moved to L.A. and 
didn't want to be an actor, but I fell into it. And like I mm. started, I, a, you know, a, um, a casting person came and saw me do stand up. And then the next day I was on a sitcom. Like that doesn't happen. What was it? Was it just? Uh, it was uh, Empty Nest was the show. Oh, okay. It was the first yeah. show, the I first remember. guest star I did. Awesome. Same thing with music. Of uh, I moved to LA, uh, made friends with the Zappas as soon as I got there, and I was already a Zappa fan. And nice. it's just like surreal. And then with the Anthrax, I was hanging with this is a true story. I've never told this this part of the story, but I've talked about meeting Scott Ian before. Okay. But the first part of the story is I was sitting with a buddy of mine. And I've never read like what's that book the where you kind of put things out the secret, you know, I've okay. never read that, but I know what it is, sure, right? Same and this, here. at this point, I didn't know what that was. But we're sitting there and my buddy goes, "What are you doing tonight? We're getting high on the roof of the place where he worked and nice. uh he worked for my manager who's an assistant. This runner buddy of mine is Shaq, and we're hanging up on the roof there, smoking weed. And uh, he goes, you're going to Anthrax tonight? And I go, yeah. And he goes, are you friends with those guys? I go, no. And he goes, uh, and, and then I went, yeah, but I feel like I should be friends with them. You know, I was like, these guys like the same shit as me. You know, they, they're they comic book guys. They yeah. they wrote about Judge Dredd. They wore, uh, they wore shorts on stage. You know, I was like a California kid. Right. And I wore shorts every day. And so that was like this, you know, because everybody else in metal was so serious too. And that was the other thing. Like yeah, they had a sense, a sense of humor. Of humor. Yeah. I'm the man and things like that. Right. I was like, it. we should be friends. I go to the show. They're roadie. Uh, they're at the House of Blues. I went by myself because most of my comedy friends were like, only into Elvis Costello and the replacements, you know, like okay. they, none of them like metal. And, and my wife had just seen Sepultura with me. So she was like, I'm, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> I'm not going, no, she loves Sepultura, oh, okay. but she's also like, that was last week. That was heavy. I'm not going to go see Anthrax this week. <laughs> I need a break with you, you know, have fun. <laughs> I need a breather. And so this roadie comes up and goes, Hey man, do you know them? And I go, no, I never met him. And he goes, you want to meet him? And I go, yeah. You know, and I go backstage and Half the guys in Slayer were there. Tom Araya, can't remember. I feel like I don't think Hanneman was in there, but King definitely was. And uh, and then Anthrax in the dressing room, and I'm freaking out. And we became friends. Like uh, Scott's like, "Hey man, I love Mr. Show," and I'm like, "No way," you know. And <laughs> we've been pals ever since. And through him, I've met everybody else. So okay. like all those people on the record, it's from being friends with him. Okay, the only people that I didn't really know who I've met, but I didn't really know well enough to call in a favor, was Johan Haig uh, from uh, Amon Amarth. So my uh, producer asked him, he mm -hmm. was producing, Jay Rustin was producing uh, Amon Amarth record, and uh, asked him to be on the record. And then uh, Jeff Pilsen from Dokken, who yeah. I also love, like I love thrash metal, but I also, I like some Dokken and some Rat. They yeah. wrote some killer riffs. Right on. And so I got Jeff Pilsen to be on a song that was like Big Fat Rock, which is totally like trying to be like an 80s type song anyway. But other than that, everybody else I called and was like, hey man, will you do this thing? So how did the, the title track, not only is it funny, uh, Grandpa Metal, but Scott Ian's on it. And how did you get Kim from Soundgarden? How did that come about? So I met Kim through Brendan Small, uh, Metalocalypse, and and uh, yeah, he's on the record too. Yeah, awesome. And we're, we've been friends for a while, and um, I've just met Kim, and and uh, 
we hit it off like up in Seattle. He's come to my shows and and I said to Brendan, do you think Kim would do this thing? And and he's like, yeah, you ask him, you know, don't let me ask him, you ask him. And I just reached out and said, hey, man, I'm doing this dumb thing. And he's all like, I'll do anything. And then we mm. once we figured out the which song to put him on, just sent him the solo and then he sent in the solo. But then he also sent uh, he did this uh, this thing at the end. I'm not technical and I'm not a guitar player, but he did this that thing at the end of the record, this lead that just or save or not saves the song but it adds so much to it i got like, that a yeah, lot yeah it everybody that contributed just hit it out of the park every single person there was not one where i went yeah thanks thanks for nothing well thanks for nothing bumblefoot and they're, they're like bumblefoot <laughs> sends it in and it kicks ass like everything everybody sent me like destroyed and bumblefoot was like a late edition okay i i asked him like on a friday and I think I was listening to what he sent me like Saturday. You know, it, he he did it so quickly. He said yes, and then immediately went to Bumblefoot Mansion or whatever and and recorded it for me. I gotta ask, since we're on that that train, how, oh, yeah. how did you meet Bumblefoot? Was it with it's time during Guns N' Roses? Where did you first meet Ron? I did. I saw him play with GNR, and um, I lost it. Like I. I you know, I love Slash, but uh, seeing him live, like the dude's a monster, mm. and he added so much to GNR to those songs uh, that I love. By the way, I'm a huge GNR fan, so um, yeah, I loved his contribution and just how different he is. And uh, I love Buckethead too. So Me too. it's the kind, same kind of guy, you know, or a John Five type, you know, that guys just on their own level doing their own thing but sure. but they fit in with these bands too and uh we met on the well i, I met him at backstage at a, a golden gods out in la the gnr played like a abbreviated a set they yeah. did like five songs and it was with ashba and a, the whole setup there is that when nicholas cage gave them uh, gave axel the award I, I think so so i went up and introduced myself that time but then we did a, a rock cruise together last year and uh he's friends with frankie bello and frankie bello is one of my best buds and, sure he's, uh, he's been on the show so very nice guy we were hanging out and having lunch and at the end of the thing i was i had this feeling that somebody was going to fall out on the record and i was almost done with the record but i was like hey man would you do a solo on this dumb thing i'm doing like that's how i described it to everybody too by the way is like hey i'm doing this stupid fucking thing but will you do it and make it good cuz that's so you yeah <laughs> yeah i downplay everything me too uh, i understand but uh and he was like yeah hit me up and so we exchanged and then uh the guy that i was going to have play solo fell out and so i reached out to him and like i said he sent it right in since you're, and I, I'm nerdy about other stuff. I apologize about Star Wars. One of these days, that's all right. I feel like it's what a virgin says. Like it just never happened. I say <laughs> that about Star Wars. It's just, I live in an alt universe. But uh, how we can be nerdy about certain casting roles? How do you feel that way about bands? Because you, you know, you're a fan of Slash, and I, you know, I had, until recently, this recent reunion, I had never seen them on stage together, Axel and Slash. But I love Buckethead. I love Bumblefoot. Do you care about when bands? continue on with perhaps not the full original lineup or when all the it members are alive. On the band. It depends on the band and then the experience that I had with them originally. With GNR, um, they were not great together in the 80s. They were sloppy. I saw mm -hmm. some sloppy shows. 
Uh, and when I saw them together, the reunion, they were great. They were amazing. They were so much better. I saw Skid Row kind of blow them away on Skid Row's second record, and it was right before GNR broke up. And I had had, uh, I had a weird experience with them. So I saw them, first time I saw GNR was Uzi Suicide time, like when that first uh, live, like a- Suicide? Like when that record came out oh, around wow. then. I was working at a record store in, in Sacramento, and I went and saw them on Broadway in San Francisco with Jet Boy. <laughs> I've had Billy Rowe, yeah, yeah, Billy yeah. Rowe on the show. Yeah. GNR and Jet Boy. Oh, wow. Had to be- 87 86 87 and then that then the record came out and boom wow, you know? so i saw them and they were great they blew me away wow. with jet boy and they blew jet boy away quite frankly mm-hmm. their energy was just you know jet boy was a good band but kind of acdc you know at that time they were uh i think they had just signed at the major label and doing their, that thing okay but gnr came out with this crazy energy and they were like nobody else and then they kind of started blowing it, like on live shows, you know? <laughs> like, uh, they, I was going to see them with Iron Maiden outside in Sacramento at this uh, uh, Cal Expo, and uh, we're ready to go in, and people are like, GNR's not here. <laughs> and then, like, Maiden did an extra set that night. Like, Maiden did extra time. And, and then my next experience live was uh, that show. Or no, it was... Um, them opening for uh, Living Color went up first. Okay. And then they went up, and then it was the Rolling Stones. Stones. Yeah. And they were amazing. Oh, wow. So that was, so I'd had two good ones. And those then, are epic shows. Yeah, those were epic shows. And then uh, at the, it was the second record, Use Your Illusion. And uh, man, uh, abbreviated, they, they, wait, they made us wait an hour and a half after Skid Row, and Skid Row crushed it. They came out on that second row, or that second album, and just destroyed, just did like abbreviated set, 45 minutes, maybe even shorter, and just every song just got people, you know, fired up, and then we just sat there for like an hour and a half. People started to get surly, you know, <laughs> and we're yelling shit, throwing shit, and then GNR came out and half-assed it, and uh, it was like that Metallica show kind of thing, where, okay. where you know, where he, uh, you know, the one when James caught on fire. Sure, and then, yeah, 92. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, it was around then. It was either 91 or 92, so. You know, as much as I wish I was around. But I still love the band. You sure. know, like I walked away going, well, that sucked, but you know, Skid Row was awesome, <laughs> you know, and, and I still love those records. And like uh, My Michelle, uh, uh, I mean, I love, I love Lies also. Uh, I love all that early, you know. Do you think they're going to put it out? You know, this is a question I put out there. Do you want them to make new music? I do. I do, because I really wanted Chinese Democracy to blow me away, and it didn't. Okay. And I, I like it, and, and I, I gave it a lot of listens. but Because of Bumblefoot. Yeah, and a lot. Well, and because of Axel. I love Axel. I genuinely, he's one of my favorite singers. That's cool. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear him and Slash, but it's not Izzy, right? No. No. Yeah, that's that's one that matters to me. Okay, I, you know I feel like I don't know exactly what went into the writing of that, but the fact that he was a part of the stuff I like the most, Major, yeah, makes me think that he's a pretty integral, in, <laughs> integral uh, member. Sure, I understand. You know, and maybe of their sound apart, and, and maybe they're never going to capture it unless they get him to come back. 
Hmm. But it still might be cool on its own level, you know what I mean? But it'll never be like that first record. That first record I mean, is how, just like how do you how do you top that? No, I mean it, it is. No weird. one has, and they didn't. You know, like <laughs> Use Your Illusion is great, and it's a cool thing, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of songs, and Lies is awesome. But that first record, I mean. Time will tell, but what we know for a fact, because I know your time is limited, uh-huh. that Grandpa Metal is out now. So I want to bounce off what you said, because uh, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that you said you you love Axel's voice, one of your favorite favorites, because uh, it's I guess it's the phrase that you coined, the Cookie Monster vocals, uh-huh. that you do a lot of those on the well, album, right? Because I I'm not a singer, right? <laughs> so I'm, I, what's going through my mind? Because you're not a I'm not even saying because you're a singer because it sounds great with all the musicians. Like it doesn't really yeah, matter. But a different style of metal almost than hard. Than, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm thinking about you and your voice, because you use your voice for voiceovers and acting. Like, Do you lose your voice growling like that all the time? Do you have to do several takes? Do you make yourself laugh singing these lyrics in that way? Uh, we we did have limited time. So, yeah, that was the thing. Like, We would get in the studio, and I could really only do an hour or so of that stuff. Okay. You know, at a time. That's and then, kind of pressure. And then it would, yeah, my voice would get trashed. And then I would listen to it and go, oh, I can do better and go back. And the, the part of the best part of the record was that um, the producer was my friend, this dude, Jay Rustin, and I was just, we lived close to each other. So I would just go to his house when we were both in town and, uh, you know, redo things. So I was constantly redoing things okay. up until the end. And there was a certain point where he's like, we've got it. All right, that's it. Like, no more fucking around. <laughs> we alluded to it before, and I have to mention it because he's one of my favorite, in addition to you, one of my favorite people ever is Weird Al. Yeah. You know, I came in, actually, you know what, this ties together. Today's my day off. I came in to, to meet you and interview you. I came in to meet Weird Al on oh, my, nice. day, my day That's off. Awesome. There, there are certain people that I, I, I'm happy to do that for. I'll take it. Why wasn't Weird Al singing on the record? You have a uh, uh, a phone call that goes awry. I'll just leave it like that. How did that come about, the Weird Al? Uh, very necessary, very short track. Not a song, but it's. Uh, I loved it. Um, well, I wanted to do more sketches. And that I went up to in that, and oh. then like those other intros, okay. and that was kind of the the sketch element of the record. Okay, I always intended on doing a sketch, and I always wanted to get him to do something. We've been friends for a long time, and it's surreal to me that that dude's my friend, and I met him <laughs> through comedy stuff, not through metal, because obviously sure. he doesn't know the same people. But um, yeah, man, I've raised my kid on him. Uh, mm. Like what that you know, I had my kid play hear the like I was saying, you know the real, you know the the parodies before he heard the real stuff, and then we've <laughs> uh, seen him a couple of times. And uh, I asked him, it was just like everybody else. I was like, hey man, will you do something on my record? He's like, my sure, sure, thing. yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm working on this dumb thing, <laughs> right, right. and uh, he was like, you know, he's the sweetest guy. So then I just was you know had thought of using him on a song but then when i landed on the sketch and i was just like oh this is funny because i had had this running gag that i was gonna do which blew up in my face in a funny way where i was gonna have uh me asking trying to get a guest rapper like me calling different rappers so there's a song in new music sucks where i talk about getting a guest rapper yep so i had had a running gag 
where I was going to call Red Man, who I'd worked with before, okay. and I was going to call Method Man, who I'd worked with before, and I was going to call Boots from, uh, uh, you know, that did that movie last year, and he's uh, he's a, a Bay Area rapper, and one or two other people. I had had a, um, a dude, somebody else knew Be Real from Cyprus, you know, so I was going to try to have this be a running gag, and I reached out to Red Man, and he's like, hey, man, good to hear from you, and I was like, will you do this? <laughs> he didn't answer me. He just blew my text off. <laughs> like he was happy to hear from me because we worked together on How High like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I said, "Hey, I'm doing this dumb thing," <laughs> I, I, he signed off when I said dumb thing. So I never got an answer back from him. And then I reached out to Method Man through his manager. Never heard back from the manager. So I was like, "Well, the running gag. The running gag was going to be them shooting me down." Oh, right. And then they shot me down by not even doing the fucking running gag. I like, think they were like, no. I wouldn't have thought that they would be the people, you know, where's their their bar, you know, because how high and uh, Redman was in, uh, what was the Chucky movie that he was in? Oh, I, one of them, yeah, yeah. Probably the, I, I forgot think, about that. Yeah, so he says yes to some... some the, the one where they had a kid. Suspicious stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's my point. But, yeah. No, I, I, I get it, and I, you you know, it sounded corny. It's but not, you rapped, yeah, though. Yeah, no, I that's, did it That's instead. what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there were some people that were going uh, on line I've read, I've read in the last two weeks of, I didn't know I needed to hear Brian Posehn doing eight bars. You did a good job. <laughs> on a record, but I did, and I did need to hear it. And, and I'm like, nice. And that's uh, the two-parter, let's just say, New yeah. Music Sucks is so good. And the reprise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way you got Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy to be involved and let people figure that out. Uh, the thing I do want to end on, which I was so surprised on how much I loved it, was the What Does the, the, the Fox Say cover. Like holy shit, that is so good! <laughs> well, Thank you. Well, what made you think of that? Because that's kind of like it had its 15 minutes, and all of a sudden it's back in our lives again. Well, the metal version. Well, I recorded it five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first songs we recorded. Okay, well, it sounds fresh. So we got we did uh, Satan is kind of a dick, and um, I think that was next. I think we recorded the okay. Fox around then. And uh, and then when we had the Amana Marth, but without, or we had a, a quarter Viking, but we didn't have Yoan until later. That's a funny song too. But uh, yeah, we recorded it a while ago, and I was always like, "Hey man, the, this record's going to be done when it's done." And I right away, some people were like, "Hey man, we should put this cover out because it's not going to be timely." You know, if we wait till the record's done, and I was like, it doesn't need to be timely. You know, <laughs> that people will remember it when they hear it, and they'll go, "What? Why'd they do that?" <laughs> Which fair is enough. really all I want. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it truly is your Chinese democracy. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations, Grandpa Metal. Like I said, it really is a. It's it's funny. You have great musicians on it, so it's just a. Uh, Musically, it's a great record. The fluidity of it, the tracks, the way they go, uh, it's out now via Thanks, Megaforce man. Records. I appreciate it. All right, so now I got to come up with a particular soundbite for this new segment I want to come up with. This GNR themed podcast. Of course, we have a lot of Guns N' Roses, uh, different segments, not just doing interviews with people who have been in the band or fit our six degrees of what we call GNR bacon instead of Kevin Bacon. Uh, if you're familiar with that phrase, Corey Marks, and we'll get to you. You're you're my my guest slash co-host for this this segment. Very cool. A perfect example, I think, because I just had Brian Posehn, the comedian. 
he was sitting right there and he has a new comedy album out, which is a mix of like heavy metal and, and comedy skits. And he had one song called New Music Sucks. <laughs> and he's naming, you know, people that you may think of, like Katy Perry and yada, yada, yada. You know, there's fans for everybody, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's something that we've talked about. You know, why do I have a Guns N' Roses podcast? Not just because they're my favorite band and I'm a super nerd, but it just seems like there's a certain, maybe for me, I'm 36. Where did the new music go? Like, it's not just after GNR, I had Nirvana, early 2000s rock. You know, where where is it? And it ties in, and what I want to start doing is, is finding new music that fits the six degrees of GNR. People who love Guns N' Roses, like myself, are going to like these bands as well and these artists as well. And uh, I'll come up with a name or a segment or a soundbite or something like that, mm. and people can submit that. Uh, people actually come on and, and act as a co-host and, and guests. And we do segments called Fan Obsession where we just interview fans. So whatever we can fit. Cool. And we've it's kind of led me to you. And this is I'm glad that you're the first one, Corey. I, I'm your first. <laughs> my first country artist, I guess I, I should say that. <laughs> but my first country artist that I've had here. And I've had my, my history, my career history with country a little bit. You know, I've worked uh, on Long Island for uh, my country uh, there was also The Wolf up in Hudson Valley. We got country artists here at iHeart all the time. And they are always the nicest people. <laughs> and you just getting to know you in these few minutes before we, we sat down, it's certainly the same, especially since you're Canadian. I think it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> so, Corey Marks, first of all, welcome. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it because you've traveled quite a long way to get here. Yeah, I've been uh, I'm on tour across Canada with Gord Bamford right now on the hashtag Redneck Tour, and um, and then um, yeah, it's it's we were we we were in uh, Lacombe, Alberta, and then took a 13 hour bus ride to Kamloops, BC, played the show, flew back home. It was a whole day, 12 13 hour day of, of flights, and then uh, had about six hours to be home, and then back up early in the morning to to get my ass to New York. So and here I am. How long have you, have you been at this professionally? I professionally, guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm a professional now. But <laughs> no, uh, I've been I've been doing this. Um, you know, started playing in bars when I was 21, and um, yeah, so I've been I've been at it for a good nine years now. Okay. And um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a roller coaster and a good good old ride. That's cool. So if my math is correct, 30. Just turned 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy birthday! Oh, thanks. <laughs> so what's great about you? Because for me. And the the gamut of my listeners, it's it really does reach far. It's not just dedicated GNR fans. It's people who mm-hmm. love all types of music. Yeah, you know, I professed my love for Lady Gaga on the show. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but for country, for me, it's always taken a certain artist to really get me. The Johnny Cash, uh, Cash is obvious, but mm-hmm. Hank Williams the third, I love him. Hank mm-hmm. three. For you, you bring this like metal into it which is interesting you have a song out with Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch when I first heard that I was like whoa how is that going to work right I listened to it it certainly worked. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So tell us about that collaboration. Well, I'm, um, you know, that's a collaboration with, uh, you know, a country icon and, a, and an outlaw himself, Mr. Travis Tritt, and of course, yeah. um, you know, Mick Mars and Motley Crue shredding the solo on that's that. That's right. And then Ivan Moody, uh, Five Figure Death Punch, and and myself. Uh, it's a song I wrote uh, back in 2015 with my producer Kevin Churko, and um, we we got these features on thinking, you know. Um, 
we can definitely relate. Um, you know, for me in Canada at the time, it was really hard for me to get on Canadian country radio because I had a little more too much of a rock edge. So huh. I wasn't that poppy vibe, you know, that, that really you're hearing on most country radio stations now. So, um, but all those bands, all those acts kind of had their own, you know, a hard time or trouble getting in and cracking the music scene, if you will, or getting a, getting a good a major record deal. Um, so they're all outlaws and outsiders in their own way. And so that's why it's a cool thing to have these guys on this track, Outlaws and Outsiders. But how does, and we were talking before, and I always, I'm very meticulous with everything that I, I hate to say this, where? Uh, it's like when Brian posting, because I guess mentioned him, I wore a killer clown from Outer Space t-shirt because he's a nerd and horror guy. And of course, he without me saying anything, he notices it. And I've, I usually mm-hmm. do that. So today I wore my Vancouver Canucks <laughs> uh, uh, hat uh, because you're you're Canadian. I was like, I could have went with Ottawa Senators. I do. Uh, what do I, who else do I have? Because well, we Ottawa's have a lot, of, a lot closer, that's for sure. For sure. Because <laughs> uh, we have a lot of Canadian listeners <laughs> as well who I'm cool. sure know you. Uh, I have a, a old uh, Flames mm-hmm. uh, jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Vancouver Canucks. I have two Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you can tell I, I like their logos. And yeah, stuff. yeah. One the old school like Pavel Bore. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, the just Russian the, Rocket. And then because I'm an Islanders fan, I had to get the what was when they switched the the logo to like a C, but the whale coming out of it. Right. I got Mark Messier on there. <laughs> so oh cool. To rub cool. it into my Ranger fan friends. Anyway, my my point being, you being from. Far north of of Ottawa, right? Yeah, yeah, north. Yeah. Okay, so how does someone? Because I'm not familiar with that territory. Mm-hmm. I know Ottawa because I've talked about the show of dating a GNR fan in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. How country is it there? Because sometimes you're surprised here in New York. It's usually in Suffolk County. It's where right. you get this big country. So yeah. how how does a country boy from uh, upstate Ottawa? How <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to phrase Ottawa. it? Right. Uh, not just become country. But just to meet people like Mick Mars, that's yeah. a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up on, on, uh, you know, a mixture of, of music and one of that being country. So my dad was a huge Merle Haggard fan and Waylon, Waylon Jennings fan. Mm. And, and that being said, I got to grow up on, on even going back to Jimmy Rogers and, 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 uh, you know, Buck Owens and great country acts like that. Yeah. You know, when country music was real country music. Uh, and what I, did your dad do? If you don't mind me asking. My dad is a, was a city worker. Okay. He's a city worker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you know, it's a very, uh, North Bay is a very blue collar town. You know, it used to be a very big military town. Okay. Um, but now, you know, it's just, just a lot of hard work and nine to five people, right and, on. you know, and a, and a big hockey community as well too. Um, but, uh, you know, my dad was also a huge Rush fan and, and <laughs> okay. so I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm also a drummer and I was a, a drummer before, <laughs> before a singer. So, um, I grew up, you know, listening to Rush and, and Deep Purple and, you know, even guys like Ozzy. And then there was also Whalen and Merle and all those other great country acts on, on the other side. So, and then once, um, you know, I, I took to the drums by 14, I was listening to, you know, Dream Theater and Arch Enemy, Lamb of God and got into Pantera and all that kind of stuff. So my music really, uh, it's spread out over different genres, and that's what we wanted to do with this record and the sound like you hear on Outlaws and Outsiders where, you know, there's a country twist to it, but there's some kind of Pantera-ish metal-type guitars and breakdowns, and which is, I think, a very unique sound. There's nothing out there like it in the rock world or the country world, so I think we kind of are trying to pave our own... Well, we, we are. We're, we're kind of laying our own roads down and, and doing our own thing and seems to be working on a worldwide level. So really excited about that. So then how did the opportunity come up to work with Ivan and Mick? 
I'm the first and only uh, country artist on the record on the record label Better Noise. So, um, and my manager knew Travis Tritt's manager. So what happened there is once we had the song, um, you know, the song was finished and we thought we needed some features on it. So we sent it out to Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt, lucky. I'm so lucky that he he loved it. He loved the, everything it represented. He liked he liked the the sound and the lyrics, everything to it. Um, and then my label thought, well, why don't we pitch it out to some some of our artists? So I'm I'm the only country act on this label. But you know, my label mates are Papa Roach, Motley Crue. Uh, you know, Five Finger Death Punch, um, you know, In Flames. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a, a country metal kid as a country artist, if you will, with, with all these kind of metal guys that I, rock metal guys that I grew up listening to. And um, they they did, you know, they just sent it off to, to these guys, Mick and... And of course, Ivan Moody, and they had the same reaction. They just loved the song and what it represented, what it, what it was about. And of course, having a genius like Kevin Churko produce it, it's um, you know they all loved it, and want to be part of it. So I'm really thankful for that. But I, I never really got to meet Mick Mars. We had to we had to track him down and find him. But we got him. Okay. We got him, and he uh, he did some uh, some of his you know iconic Mick Mars shredding on there. Okay. Is there a possibility? That he may show, like you guys have to meet at some point. I'd li- I'd like to like, think so, yeah. Okay, because they're gonna be touring again, yeah, and he's working yeah. on a solo record. I, I believe. yeah, he is, yeah. And it just got me thinking, you know, in today's world, with you know, it's so hard to be a musician. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I know how hard it is just to be in radio, but I've said before, just to be a musician where it's not like there's a set job or comedian. Yeah, you know, there's not a yeah. a set job. At least I can get something in radio, but. What the label was able to help you with, because you're obviously you obviously have the talent, and they, no, see, and, they and they saw that. Thank you. You know, for them to have that kind of roster, and then to believe in you to do that, and then their roster, you know, it's not like they're you know you have to collaborate with this yeah, guy. Yeah. They're it's like they're introducing you. That's, and I guess they, what and they wanted to open do. up a whole different uh, sector, right? So now there's there's better noise Nashville, and uh, I'm again the first and only country artist on there on a rock metal label. So yeah. I'm, pretty thankful about that yeah what do you what do you think is the biggest uh misconception now about country music just in general what what people think when they when they hear because you're talking about the stuff that we hear on the radio yeah all the time but there's it's got to be like how i feel about rock it's not just what's on the radio there's an underground scene that i don't know about totally yeah i mean you know um you know even people um you know they, they they affiliate country music with you know um Florida Georgia line and, and Thomas Rhett and stuff like that. And, you know, it comes from way before that time and they're, they're doing their own thing too. They're, they're definitely doing like more of a pop pop country thing. And that seems to be where radio is going right now with it. And, um, but you know, this country music like Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, yeah. and you, you look up, you look, you look at those stories, man. And those guys lived, you know, they lived, um, those are their stories. You know, it's not five guys in a room making up a song to say, how much money can we make off the song? And let's, let's make a radio hit those songs you heard like mama tried. Um, you know, that's a guy who, you know, left home, ran away from home as a young kid was as his father when his father passed and, and was just trouble ever since. And he was, a, a you know, the youngest out of his, his, his siblings and, and, uh, he knows a bit of a hellraiser, you know, and, and ran into trouble. And that's how you have sing me back home by Merle Haggard is, you know, is, uh, he wrote a song while, while he was in prison, you know, and, 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 you know, did some time and, and there's a lot of hard struggles, a different time, uh, time, you know, different 
it was different then you know there's a lot of like the, the depression and everything like that right so they were going through a lot a lot more shit than than we are now in one way or another but i think um i think just the uh, misconception is just you know um you know and people think like classic country like johnny cash you know and maybe maybe you know willie nelson and, right. and yeah of course they're definitely a huge part of it but there's a lot more i mean you look at someone who kind of you know is almost the founder of country music is jimmy rogers and i listen to his recordings and you know back then there was only trains it was the only way to get around you listen to the songs it's it's real heartbreak it's real pain you know it's not made up to to sell it it is what it is it's a real story and and the life that they, the life that they lived, you know. So, I think it's it's uh, this country goes a lot deeper than than a few hand claps and some torn, <laughs> torn up blue jeans and red solo cups. Sure. And as you were talking, you were pointing to this is radio. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yep, pointing yep. Your, to your tattoos, which yeah. you know you're we're we're pretty good. I mean, yeah, almost, man, you got you got a little more of me, but you've got uh, so you have Mama tried, Mama and, tried here on my forearm, yeah. and the other one was the Merle Haggard tattoo. Yeah. So this take is, me back. I'll bring me back home with s- music notes. Sing me, sing me back home. Sing me back home. And it's got my 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 grandfather, my papa's initials, Gerald Desharma, a little fedora hat, and nice. And the reason I got that is that uh, it's very special to me. Um, so my mom was the baby of eight, um, eight, eight children. And, um, and so I'm, I'm the youngest of all the, all the grandchildren. And, uh, I'm born on the same day as my grandfather, 65 years apart. And that's where I learned country music was, you know, being, uh, my birthday being October 11th. Um, that's, you know, Canadian Thanksgiving. So typically what we would do is go up North to my, my papa's house where my mom was born. And, my uh, my aunts and uncles and all my cousins would get around with guitars and that's where you'd hear Buck Owens and Jimmy Rogers and Merle Haggard and George Jones and all that all that classic country so I grew up on that and you know you got fiddles and flat top guitars and, mm-hmm. and you know great stories and country music so that's kind of uh, something I hold dearly to me and and uh, those are memories I'll, I'll I definitely won't forget and you know, some people say I'm, a, I'm an old soul, and I think it's I think it's because of that. That's cool and yeah. see that's why we're getting along because I also have a tattoo of my. For my grandfather's, like, you can't see it. It's like under like by my armpit. It says Brooklyn. Cool. And there's like a little bird that I, I bought uh, my grandparents. Like a little when I was away for at Disneyland when I was a kid, I bought them like a little plastic bird for them to put. Uh, I don't know, like toothpicks into it. Yeah. And I got that tattooed uh, on me because that's gran- cool. Because I wanted to get a portrait, but my grandfather he didn't like tattoos. But he's like, just don't get my face if you need yeah. something. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's uh, I understand that. So, yeah. um. I didn't know this at first when I was first when the label's like, oh, do you want to talk to these guys? And of course, yes. I was like, do they want to talk about Guns and Roses? Mm-hmm. You know, that's because that's always my my shtick. Your go-to. Well, it's because it's how, how many shows are just talking about music or yeah. just talking about yeah. rock? It's it's been done. It's yeah. over. You know, I'm I'm a big I, I'm a big Rush fan myself. Yeah, the, like like my dad. You know. Well, isn't that part of just being Canadian? <laughs> just... I, guess, I guess yeah. I guess that's a thing. And of course, um, you know, being a drummer, my favorite drummer was Neil Peart, and mm. you know, I was I was pretty devastated when I found that out and called my dad and cried just like the first uh, the, the the day I heard about Merle Merle Haggard's passing. You know, those are my two musical heroes, and uh, I feel very fortunate enough to say that the very first tour bus I was ever on was Merle Haggard's Super Chief, and got to hang with him and right in my hometown, but unfortunately was uh, never able to meet Neil Peart but I was able to go to attend a few Rush concerts with okay. my dad which was you know when they opened up with Time Stand Still I remember my dad and I just not being able to say anything to each other because it was just such a surreal <laughs> moment and listening to that over and over again um, that, you know all the, you know, even moving pictures and, and all, all those great records and music they've put out over the years uh, on our way to hockey and stuff like that 
That's that's cool. Just a very surreal kind of nostalgic moment to be to be able to attend it with my dad. My dad's seen like twenty five Rush concerts. They they played his high school dance in Toronto uh, when they had John Rusty. So it's it pretty pretty cool. You know, Rush. Um, it's when, once I got into radio, there there were a band growing up I didn't get, and it was like country music. I'm like, I don't get it. Why why is the fan base so Crazy, and over the years, where because I'm mainly in classic rock radio, really studying them, like really, in, and it's just like, why didn't I get this earlier? Like yeah. they are amazing, and like, I'm going to say that, that they yeah. they are. Uh, yeah. I don't want to use the, the the past tense here, but uh, so obviously you have a major rock background. Mm-hmm. So when I was told that you all, not not just that you're Guns N' Roses fan, mm-hmm. that you tie Paradise City into your, your set. So yeah. can you talk about that? Yeah, well, they, uh, on my on my uh, first record up in Canada, um, I have a song that I wrote with my good buddy James Dean Hicks, and it's a song called Take You Home Tonight. And um, I just, you know, I'm... I love playing live and I love having that, you know, being a country artist, but with rock energy um, and explosive and really, you know, uh, communicate and and, um, acknowledge the fans and get right up in there and and make sure that they, uh, you know, they feel like whatever it is they pay for that ticket that was well worth it and they do it again and at the end of this song we you know we punch out and you know there's a four count four punch and then we get ready it's because it's more of a kind of a sing-along not a ballad but more like you know almost like i'm not sure if you know the song springsteen by eric church it's kind of got that feel where it's not like upbeat but it's not slow either that's got a cool like vibe so we would end with that because you know people would sing along it's got oohs and ahs in it you know and then at the end of it uh you know we punch in drop the guitars and then we get right into take me home to the paradise city <laughs> okay you know and, and, and it worked out really really well like we played uh boots and hearts up in canada in 2016 and some of those big major stages that went over very very well and and i i grew up listening to guns and roses too of course on rock radio and but uh like you said there's a lot more about guns and roses um you know that's more than radio right like i remember right. I, I i had a, i had this you know we had these compact compact discs you know where you can have like those mp3 discs you know what they, they didn't skip but you can have like 120 okay. fucking songs on it and i'd have like 30 guns and roses songs something i never knew but i'm like man this is this is cool <laughs> right and they, there's just a whole bunch of stuff on there i remember being in class and should have been listening but i was listening to guns and roses and rush <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone in that uh, I know for sure i know i'm not <laughs> that's cool that's, yeah. that's that's really cool man have you seen them uh, before never, live, never, never. All no. right, because I really like because it's they have when they're acoustic, they kind of have a country blues feel at times, especially mm-hmm. now when they cover uh, Glenn Campbell, yeah, uh, Wichita Lyman, yeah, which is phenomenal. Wow, and that's something like I, you know, growing up, I'd always hear about Glenn Campbell from my mom, but I never, incredible, you know. Yeah. But you think about my mom wasn't cool to me. My, <laughs> like, I, I, my dad loves the Doors and Zeppelin; he's cool. My Although I, I will credit my mom, she saw the Beach Boys like twenty times growing nice. up. So the Beach Boys and the Beatles. Okay, so it's, all right, I'll, I take it back, mom. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, that's pretty cool. But I didn't really think to go into, you know, d- dive deep into Glenn Campbell, but Guns and Roses. I mean, I know he's not straight country, but he's in that ballpark. Yeah, I guess you could say uh, Glenn Campbell. You mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he was he's in a he was in one of those those. Um, you know those those uh, famous bands that were that did a bunch of studio work for the Beach Boys and stuff like that. And um, I'm brain farting right now. I forget the name, but he was he was one of those one of those guitar players. And, and you know we played with like Roy Clark and a lot of these old time. I mean 
country guys where it started. He was one of the one of the originals too. So what can we expect from you? I mean, we're gonna expect a lot from you in the future. Like we, <laughs> we, we, you're you're only thirty. You're already collaborating. I know you didn't meet him, but you're already collaborating with Mick Mars. I mean, you got Ivan Moody. Yeah. I mean, that that to me that sounds like a band and, and Travis Tritt, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine, I'm, I'm, I'm be solo first. You obviously be, be successful. Yeah, but that's got to be like some sort of side project. Like Damn Yankees. That just sounds like a great, <laughs> like a great band. Well, even do even more. even some of the comments we're getting now, it's just like you know, this is what. Even like I mean, as a country artist, it's cool to hear like this is what rock's missing or this is what country music's missing is, you know, some of these collaborations and and there's a lot more like man, I'm a huge fan of like Glenn Hughes, you know, of, uh, you know he's with Black Country Communion now, but also you know better known for deep with being with Deep Purple right. and you know and um, you know uh, like White Snake and all those guys, David Coverdale and all that. Like yeah. I'm a huge fan of those guys and even Steve Vai as a guitar player and. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's lots I've talked to my label about that, you know, that, you know, eventually and Kevin, of course, working with Ozzy Osbourne. So there's Zach Wilde in there as well, too. There's a lot of, th- and I, I mean, I know there's a lot of artists that have that, you know, thought and dream of working with, with, you know, getting a little bit out of the box a little bit, you know, and I, that's definitely something I would do is love to do like some sort of, you know, maybe some of these rock guys do some country songs and the country guys do some of these rock songs, you know? I think it'd be a cool, uh, a cool um, little collaboration or you know, I, a cool I, sound. I feel like that could be because with someone like Kevin Turco producing it, you know, it'd be right. It, you can't go wrong, man. I remember, and it's a shame that this band didn't do more. But Rebel meets Rebel. I've heard, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah David, David Allen Coe. Yeah, that's, with that's Pantera. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, whoa, yep. this is awesome yeah. so yeah i would love to see more of that so i'm glad you're i you're, gotta listen to more of that stuff that'd be pretty cool yeah you're you're waving your your the, the flag this new flag hi i'm i'm digging it man ah, man thank you thank you it's so cool to hear that because you know you go in you know excited but very scared about how people are gonna uh, take this music and you know what um i've been told like kevin i find the the reaction from both female and male are pretty equal and it's it's cool to be like you know i get a message from this girl going into work you know just via instagram whatever and be like hey just want to say i love your song love you know because it's you know it's a little more like you know like outlaws and outsiders is punchy but to you know see like nurses going into work listening to outlaws and outsiders <laughs> and you know and all that kind of stuff it, it's just so cool to see you know and here and and the coolest thing is that whole the whole idea of flying you know flying a new flag if you will it's a whole different you know it's a whole different ship coming in here and gonna you know do our do our thing though i gotta say it's probably if at the least 60 40 in favor of females and I say this, I'm very, I love my girlfriend, but you're a good looking dude. Oh, thanks. You look like Thor. <laughs> you, you probably don't even like who hate, people who hate country music, you know, whatever. And like, I love this guy. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, well, I, you know what? When I was in Nashville, um, this is about four or five years ago. And I, maybe, yeah, maybe longer now, shit, six years ago. And these group of, this, this group of, uh, they're from Germany. And they were freaking out, and I'm thinking like, man, I, you know, I just got my record out, my first record out, and so that would have been like 2015 or 2016, and and they're like looking at me, and they're like trying to express like, can we get a picture? I'm like, oh, cool, man, like these people know who the fuck I am, but they thought I was Thor. <laughs> they actually thought I was from the movie, and I'm like, oh, so I played along and got pictures, or whatever, and then, I, you know, me being me, I'm like. 
I, I can't do that. I said, hey, I'm not actually Thor, you know, I'm actually, and then. That's really funny. Yeah. See, it's not just me. It's, it's funny. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, actually, that was. Liam, what is it? Uh, Helmsworth? Yeah. Yeah. Liam's help. Liam, Liam Hel- yeah. Helmsworth. One of them is married to Miley or was, and then one of them is, the, is Thor. Yeah. They're, they're a little more uh, leaner and cut uh, than I am. Uh, <laughs> A little bit beefy, but <laughs> it's okay. I'm working on it. <laughs> Dad bods are in now, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. No, you can. Sure. All right, I'm not gonna comp- that's a, I'm not gonna make this weird. So, what is the uh, the okay. best the best place for people to to keep track of you? And because I know you're all across Canada now, yeah. So to keep track of Corey Marks and uh, what's to come for the future? Well, you know, we got the yeah the hashtag Redneck Tour with Gord Bamford across Canada, and then we got some uh, things brewing up in the states here very soon. Um, and uh, you know, I'm all over Instagram at Corey Marks Music um, and that's same for Facebook and, and Twitter and, and of course CoreyMarks.com and um, yeah there's going to be more videos coming out too and more, more new music some uh, possibly some cool features now there's a pretty damn cool feature that's about to happen so right keep an eye out for that alright right on Corey I really appreciate your time today thanks a lot for having me in dude really cool I enjoyed putting this episode together and I think this really personifies what I would like to do here at Appetite for Distortion. Yes, we're going to talk uh, to former Guns N' Roses members. Lucky to have had some current members on, Dizzy Reed, Richard Fortas. But it's to get these uh, certain celebrities, I guess for lack of a better name, uh, for Brian Posehn, did not mean to rhyme there, but a well-known actor, well-known comedian. And sure, he's spoken about music before and metal, but has, has he really ever dug deep into talking about Guns N' Roses? And you could hear it from his, you know, the passion through his voice. I mean, he saw Guns N' Roses before they were Guns N' Roses. He he knows the Uzi Suicide era. He's a fan. So you know he's not bullshitting you. So it's giving you someone that you know, that you've heard interviews from before, but I'm giving, you, I'm giving them a different kind of platform. And the same thing, obviously, with Corey Marks. I mean, I'm sure Corey Marks is doing plenty of interviews with, uh, you know, country radio. And I know, I'm sure there are country fans that listen to this podcast. In fact, I know there are. You know, having met some of you, um, internet meet some of you over the past uh, few years. So, And you could tell, obviously, Corey's passion for, for rock and metal and to incorporate Paradise City into his song, which we are going to play uh, towards the end of you know my little spiel here because I want you to hear it. You know, it's very cool. He did bring a guitar in studio. But he's like, oh, we just couldn't ha- – we didn't have enough room in the van, so I just had to bring this one up. <laughs> and also, if you couldn't tell – I mean, I don't even necessarily need to say this, but I, I, sometimes I like showing how the food is prepared. So those uh, – both interviews were recorded a day apart because you might be questioning, you know, he's wearing Killer Clowns uh, T-shirt with with uh, Brian Posehn. One, you know, one second, am I doing a costume change and putting on my – Guns N' Roses, Austin City Limits shirt, and my Vancouver Canucks hat before I interviewed Corey. No, I did not do a costume change uh, between interviews. It was just back-to-back days, and I wanted to put it together for one full episode. And before I, actually as I was recording with Corey, I put it out there what I want to name this segment, and I got a lot of great suggestions from you, the listener, on on Facebook, excuse me, I put it out there on Twitter, at the AFD show. Uh, this is uh, these are some suggestions for Nick Levin or Lavin, I should say Nick Lavin on on Twitter. And again, these are 
uh, suggestions and please keep sending them in. And so I can come up in my brain how to come up with a piece of production and, and, and segment intro, you know, in my own little Brando way for when we have newer bands on that somehow connect to our GNR world. So uh, Nick Laven said, welcome to the newbies, perhaps. Uh, new boys, don't play rock and roll. <laughs> they aren't, they ain't, weren't the first. New obsession, but I like this one. Anything, parentheses, new goes. Anything new goes. Hmm, that is very possible. Uh, this is from Bradshaw, also on Twitter, said the Q&A incident. Uh, this is from Iman. Uh, again, these are all on Twitter. You guys are awesome. Lots of metaphors to use here. Uh, sprouting up, uh, connected to the GNR vine. Uh, thorn on the rose. You could always, uh, you could find new bands inside. The Garden's new song and dance. Uh, a GNR fan's utopia, maybe. Uh, Bruno said, I can't believe nobody said new rose. So it could be the new rose segment. Uh, Craig, Craig, sorry, I had uh, Cartman Tourette's, uh, said, think about new, pretty good, breakdown, a new artist, deep dive, a stream, a stream of dreams, that's pretty clever, what's streaming from the latest artist, I like that, so I'm going to play around with these ideas, and please uh, continue to send them in, whether it be on Twitter, at the AFD show, Facebook.com slash the AFD show, or Instagram. I'm starting to realize that I'm getting back to some of your messages on Instagram late because I had the message requests and I don't always see them at first. So, uh, But I always respond. I always respond. So as promised, what I'm going to do now is play a little bit of Corey Marks playing Paradise City, which he, how he ends his show, much like the actual Guns N' Roses. I'm going to play that for you. And again, thanks for hanging out. Whether you subscribe via iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you found us through AlternativeNation.net. It's all good. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it.
I'm going home. 